Today's chat is brought to you by Loot Crate. Save 10% on any new subscription at www.trylootcrate.com FFC. Enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome back for episode 112 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on December 15th, 2017, over on twitch.tv slash Chat. Big shout out to our live chat here. Thank you so much for joining us for an evening back. Well, we're, I guess we're not in the tower this evening because we kind of wanted to be in the area of the topic, and we actually have that chance with the lighthouse now being open to everyone. This is your host, Blue Crew 86 Alongside me, we have the man who, it has been said, has the voice of the flower and apparently is trying to connect via AOL with us tonight. Justin, how is how's the tech working for you over there? Uh, the t- my tech works hard for the money. So hard for the money. No, it's all doing its thing, you know. You know, sometimes... Sometimes there's a lot of different frequencies in my house, so you mm. gotta you gotta specify frequency. Okay. Yes. <laughs> like use it in a sentence. I annoy beard with increasing frequency. <laughs> yes. Well done. Also, we have our favorite Gunter, the one and only Green Eyed Music Lover. Green, hope you're doing well. You looking forward to tonight's chat? I am. I'm also a little nervous about tonight's check, to be honest. I'll be nice. Because, you know, if you haven't seen the map that has been made previously on this topic, I slimmed it down a lot. I slimmed it down a lot. I will say that you actually withheld quite a bit of information. I could actually load the map this time. Yes, it does not break MindMeister to load it up this time around. Uh, but we also have with us the grizzly bearded lore master himself beard grizzly beard how are you doing tonight i i'm really tired understandable That's all I, got. I mean it's it's really? been a long week for i mean there's there's this Wait. awesome chat there was star wars mm-hmm. it's been a week there's star I, I, wars i'm i'm kind of like losing my day it's been a week star wars <laughs> what star wars star yeah. wars came out Man, i had really? to fight i had to fight the urge because i took today off because we went and watched it last night at like 10 so we got i got back home about probably one or two because we had a we went with a big group i was fighting all day i was like i should not go watch it again but I don't you, have it. You, know you don't you have a to. child. I didn't. I actually. I actually. I actually sat down and played. Um, what did I play? Oakenfree. Hmm. Uh, sat down for one sitting. Uh, Oxenfree. Oxenfree. That's it. God, man. Okay. I, I was about to say was, you're just making words up. I'm now. just making words up. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's. I've never done that. But mm-hmm. yeah, no. I played Oxenfree, and I have to say that was a really fun little game. So. Ali Ali Oxenfree. No, it's uh, like, uh it's like hide and seek. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that I mean it, it is oxen but yeah. No, the the it's, it's an indie game, I think, right? Yeah. 
it, it's like uh, it, it's like hide and seek if aliens were involved in a way. Oh yeah, yeah. Temporal. Uh, yeah. Speaking nice. of time travel, though, it kind of does involve <laughs> that. Actually, now that I now that I think about that, it it is actually related to tonight's topic. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I know we're looking forward to diving into the discussion, uh, and I know obviously the team is as well. So let's run through our standard intro nuts notes nuts. Wow. Wow, that's uh, <laughs> man, Justin, Justin has only been back for like half an episode, and he's rubbing off on me on the that's, wrong way. That's uh, a good, good drop. Right uh, running through our standard intro notes and the get right Let me to off, it. Johnny. <laughs> our topic for this week's chat is going to be a look at Osiris. Before we jump into that, however, I do have a few housekeeping notes to run through. In our last chat, we discussed the power of hope. If you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out the new FocusFireChat.com for archives, articles, and links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes to let us know how we're doing as well as helping us continue to grow. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday, at around 10pm Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, links of which can be found on our show notes or on our website. Podcasts focused on Destiny include Guardian Radio, the first and longest-running Destiny podcast on the net, Guardian One, a Destiny group dedicated to Guardians helping Guardians and discussing current Destiny news and happenings, Ghosts and Echoes, a collection of the Destiny audio grimoire from Destiny One, and the network's newest edition, The Guardian Life, which is a podcast from the casual Guardian's perspective that highlights all Guardians, large and small. We also do have a non-Destiny-focused podcast, The Enthusiast Life, which is a podcast discussing a wide range of fun topics from within the entertainment world. Our next chat is going to be a discussion on the dangers of AI within Destiny. Be sure to weigh in on the poll this weekend to let us know what topic you want to discuss after that. Links to that poll can be found either on Twitter, at FocusFireChat, or within our Discord server. I've asked Green to put together a high-level summary of tonight's topic, and this is what she had to say. What drives a warlock to madness? Well, what would you do if you were able to look inside the head of an enemy and see every single plot meant to destroy you played out? Would you spend every waking moment trying to figure out how to prevent these things from happening? Because if so, you and Osiris are not so different. The curse of Osiris is not directly told to you. There is no tome describing what his curse is. It's more subtle than that. Knowing the future can be a great temptation for an egotistical warlock. This curiosity eventually led to his self-entrapment. This is the truth that drives a warlock to madness. This is the knowledge that simply knowing would drive us all to madness. Before we jump into the information and thoughts that the community had about Osiris, however, let's look at this week's Lost Lore. 
All right, so I know I know the the discussion is still going on what this week's lost lore is going to be. <laughs> Cuz there's so many random tangents connected with this this particular item. What did you guys want to what did you what what was the kind of Well, what were our choices? What did we discuss? I think we were looking I think the the final choices were either uh some of his theories or his involvement with Toland or his interest in the hive. Let's do Toland cuz that's always a fun connection. Oh, Damo, Damo's so much a fan of you. So mad at me? Is that what you said? So much a fan of you. Mm. Which part? Oh, I'm an okay guy. <laughs> Tolad. Tolad is going to be the... So, okay. So, basically, it it was really kind of confirmed with Destiny 2, or I guess reiterated with more emphasis that the characters that we know from the history... Um, these these figures of renown, like Wei Ning, Ariana, Toland, um, Osiris, all of these figures actually did interact with each other on a on a pretty regular basis. Um, they weren't these individual loners who didn't really talk to each other or anything like that. They were actually pretty heavily involved with the daily going on in the tower and, and in the last city and stuff like that. So... As far as Osiris and Toland are concerned, um, well, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let one of you guys take take first dibs at this one. I would say it'd be very hard to say that Osiris did not have any connection with Toland, considering Osiris was the first warlock vanguard mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also begging the question of when Toland became a warlock. At that point, though. That's true. That's true. Still had at least some connection to him because you tend to know all of your warlocks when you're the mentor, hopefully. But which which connection were you talking about specifically? For me personally, yeah, I was going to say I think it's just in general. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's more of like a general idea. Uh, The the reason I kind of presented it is like a lost lore in our. In our, in our little private chat there, um, the idea basically springs from, you know, Toland is the first, uh, the fir- Toland's first person that he basically calls out to when he ends up reaching the hive nether space, which mm-hmm. I will call it, uh, is basically uh, out to Osiris. Right. He goes, Osiris, Osiris, I call. Um, and that has always kind of struck me as a little bit on the weird side. Uh, versus then we get a little bit more confirmation in, I think it's one of the newer uh, weapons, actually one of the newer Syrian weapons. Uh, Osiris actually counters and talks about Toland in a way, uh, saying that he has a very, uh, I guess he has a, what's the best way to kind of put it? He respects uh, Osiris, uh, he respects Toland quite a bit with the, the findings that he has. Uh, and that's where they kind of seem to meet on this mutual level. Uh, but even then, Osiris and Toland had done had both done a lot of work into the hive. They both had done uh, a lot of research into it. It seems, and until until at some point, Osiris seemed more interested or garnered more interest in splitting away from what was going on with the hive to say, no, the Vex are really the most important thing now at this point. Uh, and now 
Toland is in this space where he's calling out, going, hey, guess what? I made it. Uh, Vex ain't touching me here. At least, as far as I know. As far as he knows. Yeah. And then he reads the Books of Sorrow and he finds out the Crota ended up, uh, you know, <laughs> right. poking at him. I wonder, like, what Tolan's reaction to that segment of the Book of Sorrows. You know? Like, oh, this jerk face is the one who brought in the (laughs) facts. It's like, hold on a second here. Poor Crota. Poor Crota. Not only only is he hated by us, he's hated by everyone. (laughs) By everybody ever. His own dad picked him up and threw him through a Vex gate. <laughs> I, I still imagine. I still imagine that Oryx like grabbed Crota by the like the the, the right ankles. leg and the or, right yeah. arm, and then <laughs> threw him sideways through this gate and just said, "Here you go." <laughs> uh, that is yes. one of my favorite images. Oh no. <laughs> I've 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 like battled just with the thought of like what exactly Oryx would have done when he actually like lifted Crota and threw him through that portal. Uh, the the and then how did how did the sword go through too? Like was, <laughs> was Crota hanging on to it that whole time, or or did it, or did it just get chucked yeah. after him? But like he he, he just lands like he lands and, and the sword comes tumbling through after him. <laughs> Like a yeah. bad boyfriend getting thrown out of the apartment. Yeah, that's not right. I've got zero experience with that. You're gonna have to just explain that one to me. You I mean, you might just have to think about it. Nah. <laughs> now, I, uh, I I imagine that it's something like uh, that same image I I I'd kind of mentioned. Oryx grabs him by like both right appendages and throws him through the portal, and then he kind of looks at the sword and says, "Yeah, okay, you can have this too." I was thinking more like Jewish mama type thing. Oh, that too. Hey, don't forget your sword. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was a nice and short extra lore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do we want to actually get into tonight's thing or? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Can't tell Blue's excited, guys. Yeah, no, this is a good one. (laughs) This This is a good one. Um, so the, the entire thing for tonight really is, you know, kind of not so much a detailed like update, but more so a conversation on kind of the, the character of Osiris himself. Um, and so, which will, which will definitely, you know, we definitely are going to be pulling in the clarifications that the curse of Osiris DLC has given us about his character and about the history and, you know, the involvement of, for example, the banishment from the tower and everything like that, that, that was clarified with this DLC. Um, but it's not going to be so focused on just like, here's the update and this is what this means. It's more of like almost a character analysis of that, uh, of this figure. Um, and so, Really, I kind of actually kind of tossed this to the team a couple days ago, um, but I kind of view Osiris like even even with the information, actually, especially with the information that we've been given with this DLC, I actually view Osiris not as like this negative. He's he is definitely got a degree of narcissistic tendencies, um, 
but I think it's also simply because he he just it's it's confident which it's confidence um which definitely as as anyone knows borders on arrogance but what i what i kind of wrote together i wrote this up this a little summary and i i know green and beard will know which one i'm talking about here but i said you know a figure who had no time for coddling people osiris was far more concerned with the threat of enemies t- of humanity while many see an embrace uh, see abrasive narcissism some perceive genius with no patience for the daily frustrations of a mundane or civilian life in a way this actually makes sense to the mind of one who had experienced the dark desires of the vex and their ultimate goal of convergence the concerns of the fallen and the cabal would appear petty this however does not mean that those concerns were not valid Indeed, death can be delivered in a multitude of manners. A thousand minor cuts, in the end, can serve to be just as fatal as decapitation. Rather than see his fascination with the Vex as something to exile him for, though, uh, one could, as I do, argue that the error was rather in placing him in a mentor or leadership role. His strength wasn't in training new arrivals. It was teasing apart the intricate secrets and mysteries of the Infinite Forest and deciphering the vast logic of the Vex world minds which occupied it. In fact, the placement of Osiris in the position of Vanguard mentor, especially as the Vanguard commander, was a massive misstep on the part of the speaker and the consensus. And it was one that created the self-fulfilling prophecy of his exile or banishment in some sense due to his neglecting the, quote, duties of that role, end quote. Understandably, he had no desire to hold the role. He was going to neglect them from the start. So I honestly see it as a giant fumble that was created because the city and the the vanguard tried to force osiris into position that he didn't really have any patience for it wasn't his strength to teach he is he is a leader but he is not a teacher um Mm -hmm. he and that's and that's kind of the thing is he is a leader he might become a great leader but he is by no means a mentor he doesn't have the patience for it he doesn't he views um you know, the basic training, but we're, we're, and that's where you see Ikora really shine. Ikora is a very good mentor. She's a very good teacher. I, I don't know if she is as good of a leader in some sense, which is why she defers to Zavala. And you, again, you kind of see that, that interplay between all that. Um, well, she's also not in the exact same position that Osiris was either. And that's, <clears throat> sorry. And that's correct. Um, I mean, I, I think the the thing with Osiris, I just I really see Osiris as a a character who was created to show that he's. I mean, it's it's just like anything in in real world in the real life, right? Someone can be really really good at what they do and be absolutely Terrible horrible teachers. at teaching it. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I you're right. I mean, some people are really good at you know, pick a field and then they're terrible teachers. They can't teach it to save their lives. Well, that's why when we had this conversation the other day, I compared him to a professor rather than an actual like high school teacher. And I, and I really agree with that because he's that, he's that, you know, cranky old professor who is a genius in the topic, but just has no patience for the freshmen Mm, because they're, because they don't, they don't, for anything under it. but now but as a mentor he's expected to teach kindergarten mm-hmm. like you know and, and so it's like the the level of expectation in osiris's mind for the people who he is interacting with is it's just setting everyone up for failure 
Now, that being said, he does come across as an utter narcissist who's only, I I mean, yes, he is, he is doing something for the good of humanity with this, but there's also a sense of utter fascination with the Mm -hmm. way that the simulation works and the way that he can interact with it and discover secrets, which is every warlock's dream. Right. And I, and I, uh, Justin, just real quick before I let you jump in. Um, I think that I I don't know, like having, having gone to higher, uh, higher level professors as a, as a freshman and sophomore in college, who were exactly like that personality wise, they look down on lower classmen because they, there's this preconceived notion that they don't have the base understanding of, you know, Oh, you skipped a couple base classes. So you won't have any idea what I'm talking about kind of attitude. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. like that definitely, that comparison definitely resonates with me for Osiris as like the, you know, the, he's got like three, postgraduate postdoctorate work degrees and you know he's teaching an associate's degree or you know he's expected to to dumb things down that to him you can't um but justin i know you had something you wanted to throw in oh no i just wanted to say i think also the vanguard has kind of a history of doing this exact same thing that i think worked to Osiris's detriment, which which is they shoehorn these prominent figures into these roles that you know aren't necessarily you know the the most conducive thing to their skill set. Like and the biggest the biggest uh, example of this I can think of is Cade. Mm-hmm. Cade shoe <laughs> is definitely shoehorned into a mentor's role where his personality um, and his temperament do not lend themselves to being a good mentor naturally. Now we'll say this, he's grown into it. Whereas Osiris, whereas Osiris seemed to, to more, you know, shun the, you know, the, the role. But I, I, I just think Osiris just fell victim to poor man management. Well, and you see that even with Saint Fourteen, who who was the Titan mentor, very briefly it so, it seems like he was he was the mentor, and then all of a sudden Zavala was there, and it's like oh well, I mean like, so yeah, I mean I I kind of agree, and that's and that's kind of where like I got the, and then when you read um, the whole thing with Ikora and the banishment, and the way that it was kind of stated for them like and i don't know it just struck me as like osiris just was he he had no and we knew this from the original osiris card right he just doesn't have patience for for mm-hmm. obfuscation he doesn't have patience for for chit chat it's just he he's very direct he's very to the point um and you kind of see that with you know especially some of the adventures that you have in curse of Osiris where it's just like, he's like, no, do this. Don't, don't ask questions. Like this is just what it is. He, he doesn't have that personality that really is like, Oh, let's use this as a teaching moment type thing. He's like, no, this is what's needed to be done to get this fixed. We don't have time to, to, you know, to explain to you why you need to do this. Just do that. Um, 
whereas you know Ikora and Zavala and you know and Ikora, I don't know, like the glitch with Ikora, she just is like super needy now. Have you, have you guys got the, like the glitch that makes me have to run across the tower just to talk to her? It's like, oh, oh my god, why I do you want to talk yet. to me? And like, hi, mm-hmm. friend. I'm like, Jesus, leave me alone, lady. I have not well, gotten that glitch, luckily. Oh, I. It might be uh, just a, a subset different. of the fact that she has the most like minuscule role after you finish the story. Mm. But I mean, oh, I guess. I, my my uh, my point there is like if you read like the entire process of his banishment um, and the things that Ikora said to him, it was it was really like I'm not saying that he's not blameless because he he definitely did not help the situation being his personality what it is because he is very abrasive he's very confrontational in and of himself. And, like, the entire situation could have been resolved with him just being like, okay, I'm done. I'm stepping I'm stepping aside and let, you know, let Icor or let someone else take his place. But he refused. It kind of felt like he was refusing to I would say acknowledge that they made a mistake. Almost the opposite of confrontational and the fact that he just kind of ignored the aspect on it and just went and did it regardless. <laughs> Right, I meant I meant with yes. uh, the speaker, like with a conversation mm-hmm. with the speaker. I th- I see him as someone who yes. ex- exasperates the problem because he's like in a conversation. He is the he's he's not quite an an a hole, but he's he he easily can become one if you push him. Probably. I mean, there was another. Just there's another character. Used to being, he's used to being the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, I mean yeah. there is there's another figure in the lore that is kind of that reminds me of that. Thanks Green for ruining that. What? what? For, or what for or do? for making that connection that I now can't help but think of. <laughs> uh-huh. Do we need to go into that? Yeah, why don't you why don't you, you yeah, I'm going to I'm going to let you go into that one because I still like I can't I can't even think about it without like giggling. Because okay. it's so perfect. So, Justin, I have Which, my own dragon theory. Justin hasn't oh, heard it. Hear it. No. no I haven't heard he it hasn't. yet. No. No. So, in Curse of Osiris, you very first mission with him, you see him with all the different uh, reflections, right? You deal with them, and they're talking to you as you're going into the infinite forest for the first time. Bear with me uh, on this uh-huh. one. So I'm with you. He's creating multiple reflections so he can access different simulations within their the Vex network. There is another character in Destiny lore that we have seen that has kind of a similar modus operandi, or I should say, similar characters that have that similar way of doing things that would make different forks of their own. Selves so they can go into the I'm with you. <laughs> and explore the simulation. You can hear and the excitement in Justin's. Mm-hmm. So there's, <laughs> we know where a female kind of sort of went, but we don't know mm-hmm. what happened to any of the males in that. My theory is that Osiris is possibly 
a guardian version of Dr. Shim. Which, which makes us Dwayne. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ish. Uh, uh, I feel like I feel like Dwayne most of the time. <laughs> That's all right. That's kind of what I said too. I was like, that actually kind of makes sense. Yeah. I feel like if I were more awake, I could make an Asher comment to that. that <laughs> I am a Dwayne uh, comment. We should make a gif of Justin's I character am, just being. I am Dwayne. Dwayne. <laughs> I am. I are warlock, or I are. I are hunter. I'm just thinking, like I. I am legend. Instead of Will Smith looking really cool, it's just me, and it says I am Dwayne <laughs> with the I am legend background. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I like that. I, mm-hmm. I really do because Shim and uh, Osiris actually share quite a few personality traits. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, you know, they're, they're impatience with, and it's, it's not stupidity, it's ignorance. Because mm-hmm. you got to think, um, anyone who speaks with Osiris, who's not a Vex submind, is ignorant. Because there's no possible way you could know the things he knows. Like, there's, there's just no way. So you can imagine how frustrating that would be for for someone of his intellect to be it's like you're talking to everyone about a picture but you've got the whole picture and they just have pieces right. of the picture and it, it can get frustrating picture. yeah they can't see the picture at all yeah so that's that's my dragon theory i really like that mm-hmm there's not a whole lot to go off of besides just like the few similarities, but it is a fun thought game to play. No, it just makes so, me giggle. Yes, because you want Doctor Shim's personality and Osiris's personality. I would, I would love that so much. Uh huh. Speaking of personality, should we talk about a different personality related to Osiris? Yeah. Misagira, mm-hmm. who is who I enjoyed, I thoroughly enjoyed the the banter between her and Ikora. <laughs> I there are moments that I wish that banter could be more with different characters. I just like, like I, the fact really, that we have a ghost who curses. Right, really. I really wanted actually our ghost, like Nolan North, to talk to Sagira at some point. Like, actually have more than just a few sentences of conversation. Uh, he does yeah. in the strike. I have not yeah. played that yet. Yeah, it's really funny. Like, he is, oh my god, our ghost is so salty. Like, mm-hmm. he is not happy. He's like, oh, wow, uh-huh. you learned a lot while I was gone, didn't you? And he was like, like dude, calm down. The thing that well, I find interesting. Sagira doesn't help. <laughs> no, yeah, no, she doesn't. She's like, mm-hmm. hey, borrowed. Here's something I find interesting about that whole situation, though. Even though the ghost shell that was being used was our ghost. Our ghost was in there. We had that line where he's, mm-hmm. it was said that he's in there, but he doesn't remember the majority of what happened. Like, it doesn't come to him right away. 
He well, it doesn't like at least piece like large parts of it. Apparently, he doesn't remember at all. And right. I think I, what I remember specifically is I think there was a comment about him being quote asleep. Which like, is I honestly took it as like a disassociative identity disorder right. for a ghost. Like I literally, it's like the ghost had a multiple personality, and a personality asserted itself over the primary i mean it, it's it's literally did um mm-hmm. with a psychotic break and so it was very interesting and the other thing that i found really interesting with that entire well the entire dlc when we when we have sagira with us is that and i'm sure everyone noticed the fact that our ghost shell was um presented as being yeah yeah i guess that's a better word was augmented in a way it wasn't it wasn't completely but it was almost like caught in a transmat loop with her with the wings the little shards Mm -hmm. yeah yeah chat ghost became failsafe <laughs> but I think the large I think the large reason why Ghost couldn't remember it is because whereas like Failsafe you have the you know the two personalities that comprise the sums of a or the they're two parts of a whole with Ghost and Sagira those are two completely unique personalities and that's why when one was in control the other doesn't remember basically right mm-hmm. Sorry, I just, go, just also Sagira Sagira in Egyptian means little one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Little, little, little one, little light. I mean, it's not that. Oh, far. talk about a no, line don't. Oh, in the my DLC gosh. that was that that's has sparked. gotten everybody up in arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me that was like a that was like a <laughs> take that. <laughs> well, when you put it that way. I just I just like the laugh the the laugh that he has. (laughs) (laughs) Take that lore nerds. Uh, Oh I did and I ran with it. Okay, so can we explain why because right now we're making references to this comment. Well as everybody in the community knows. Um basically what you would go for, Green. No, you do it. I'm okay. just trying to figure out the best way to present it. Um, basically, it's it's a g- kind of a very big, subtle nod to the stranger who was a character from Destiny 1, um, who, depending on how invested you were in the story, so for us, it was kind of a big deal. For some other, for the majority of just casual players, it was kind of like, oh, it's the person that kind of showed up for 30 seconds. Um mm. But within the grimoire itself, the stranger is is very prevalent and very kind of important. There's also, you know, depending on how far down this rabbit hole you want to go, there's a lot of um, supposed original story issues with the with Osiris and the stranger. Um, but the stranger at one at like one of the first main cutscenes, or no, the first main cutscene that she's in fully that she speaks to us. She refers to our ghost as little light, um, which then jokingly. That was another time that our guardian spoke. Yes. And son of a, I forgot all about that because our guardian got pissed at us for that. 
No, did they, did they later no, take that out? Or sorry, yeah, our ghost, our ghost got pissed. At, did it, no, did they later take that, that out? Still there. I think it's, that line's still there because that, I know for a fact it's still there because I had to go record that spot yesterday. The so other it's still thing, there. It is okay. If you, if you think about the connection between the stranger and Ishtar Collective, and um, yeah, it goes back to my little theory again. So that's mm-hmm. a fun one. Yeah, and then also going to kind of your your spin foil green, mm-hmm. and then the very 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 prevalent theory of the stranger's identity, who is another mm-hmm. part of the Ishtar team. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of loose threads that could be very neatly tied into a very pretty bow, if that was if that is actually indeed intended to be a connecting line there. Um, the challenge, the challenge here is that out of game, we have been, we have seen repeated comments from Bungie, um, from Luke Smith and from er, various other personalities within the Bungie team that the stranger storyline has been, I think, what is it? Quote, nicely wrapped up. Um, yeah. Lies. Exited properly. Exited properly. That was the, that was the other, that was, that was Luke, right? Wasn't that what Luke said? Don't worry, I remember salt very well. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it was it, it, again, depending on how heavily invested you were in the grimoire, that that comment could have been met with a eh or a table flip. Um, what a, right. What about Mara and cosplay? Why? Oh, God, yeah. We're not going anyway. to stop on. We're not going to start on that one. Sorry. Uh, but no yeah, so like it, it, it's and so that that one little comment, which is the ending of the deal, the campaign is Osiris For refers. Vanilla. What's that? And the ending of the campaign in vanilla, too. Hmm. Well, midway through the vanilla. Doesn't she make another oh, comment? On no, it at the end? no. She she makes the comment to the ghost and then our right. guardian like kind of talks down yeah. to him and says, right. calm. Or he's like, it's basically like, calm down, little light. and Don't call me that. And like, right. That was back when that was when Dinklebot was still our ghost too. Mm-hmm. He got yeah, oh, he uh, got so pissed. Yeah, it was actually that same scene where you meet the uh, the stranger, and oh, that's goes, right. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they, do we have to go here? It's yeah. yeah. And there was an do emblem we, we, actually in D one. It was one of my favorite emblems. That was little light. The it was a blue also ghost. A oh. ship. It was uh, named. Yes, too. there was, there was a shit. So, I mean, it's, and, but the thing is, is Osiris directly refers to Sagira and says like some, something along the lines of come on little light. And then they mm-hmm. walk and that's the end of the campaign. So yep. there was a lot of, I, I saw that the first time and I was like, I'm, I just like, it's like, and time it. There's the explosion. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it was it was one of those things like this is gonna get this is gonna be interesting watching reactions of. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's not only that; it's just a matter that that is the last, like the absolute last thing that uh, Osiris leaves you with, and then right. you're just like, no, no, that can't be the last line. No, why would you do this to me? All right, well, I have to get into the Infinite Forest because there has to be some explanation for it now. That has to be it, Brother Vance. You apparently know everything. Really, you know absolute jack. But about all of this, why? Well, well, okay. I'm going to defend Brother Vance a tiny bit. 
Oh, do not. I mean, no as far as his personality, he is terrible, but and <laughs> just the just he's obnoxious. He's more okay. I don't like him worse than I don't like Asher, and that's saying something because I really don't like Asher. I was about to say. I think we had saying. This, I think we had this conversation the other we day. Did. We did. Brother Vance is more annoying than Asher is because Asher oh, has yeah. some very profound thoughts and he's constantly working whereas brother vance comes off as just a fanboy which i understand he's a cult leader guys that's that's the thing cult leader, <laughs> no he's not fanatics. a cult leader he's a fanatic he's, he leads the fan club for a cult right uh, but if we get into some of the different yeah weapons, I, I guess i actually really there quick, are I some do have really intelligent on lines one. there because there's a difference between the disciples of osiris and the cult of God, I always blank on their name. The Aeon Cult? The Aeon Cult? Yeah. Yeah. There's a vast difference, I think, between the two groups. This is true, but it practically seems like a cult at this point. And I get that. I just see see the cult of Aeons as an actual cult. And the disciples are kind of like, oh, Osiris, sign this poster. You know, like, it's like... Right, Bye. right. I mean, they're kind of fangirling over Osiris. That's literally right. what they're doing. Whereas the cult of Aeons is like a little bit more creepy. <laughs> but we do learn some things from Brother Vance and some of the lore tabs for the weapons. Oh yes, we learned. Yes, we, we learned, learned about that he's not a guardian. Right. We he also learn a... about the timing of certain mm-hmm. things. There's a little bit of uh, chronological clarification brought up. And he's also 30, which apparently to him makes him very wise. That makes me feel awkward. Cause <laughs> I read that. I read that. And I was like, oh, oh, I have so many words for you that I'm not going to be allowed to say. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you're one of those people. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It just got real ages. <laughs> no, no, I'm defending. Like, I'm like, this is like, I was reading that. And I was like, wait, what? Like, you're, yeah. you're younger than I am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought you didn't know how old you were. Oh, no, I don't know exactly. I know generally. I know decades wise. Mm-hmm. Do we need to chop off a leg and count the rings? Yes. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm. Oh, Green doesn't. doesn't green doesn't know about this. This is like. This is like. This is. This is like one of Justin's hole. biggest frustrations with me. Because you don't know if you're your own dad. Is that what I'm hearing? No, he doesn't know how old he is. Why? I don't pay attention to age. He doesn't know because what you don't his... pay attention to birthdays. Is that yeah, what it is? No, my birthday. I don't pay attention to my birthday. Oh. Like oh, I, I've, told, I've told. I've told. I've told our my like whenever I do uh, financial like accounts and stuff like that, I tell them like, literally your best security question for me if if I answer in less than thirty seconds after you ask me my age, it's not me because I have to recalculate it every single time someone asks me it. He's he's literally subtracting his. I, like, I literally I literally have to subtract. Year. Yeah, I'm like I I literally have to count back and be like, okay, hang on. What year is it? Okay, yeah, no, that's how old I am. Like, I've I've had this conversation with the banks that we deal with. It's just, and they think it's hilarious, but I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not joking. It's the best security question for me. If someone answers it in less than thirty seconds, I can guarantee you, it's not me. 
That's really if, weird. If we lived in the same town, I would completely throw you a surprise party, like on a day that was nowhere near your birthday, just to see if you'd bite. Yes, I approve of this if you plan. if you bought me presents and food, dude. That I'd I'd go to every surprise birthday party you throw. Okay, well there will be presents. So I'd hate to take this in a direction that's probably going to get me ridiculed on the internet, but I'm just imagining Justin as Pinkie Pie right now throwing you a surprise party. That would be ridiculous. Friendship is magic, Brony. Well, there you go. (laughs) There you go. Okay. I am disturbed Calm down, Teamer. I'm disturbed that I don't understand that reference, and you two both did. (laughs) We have kids, okay? Like, Uh, I'm I'm not joking. Like, we have kids, and... Yeah. yeah. And inexplicably, my son really went through a My Little Pony phase, so... Hmm. Which he'd probably kill me for telling everybody <laughs> on the internet about this Justin the internet. so so for for everyone who's downloading this episode please don't refer to <laughs> please don't comment about it the my little pony face <laughs> yeah, don't, didn't don't. happen totally didn't happen he, he may or may not have an instagram account do not comment about my <laughs> do not shaking head you decide which way it's going do not. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure. Just don't do that. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure. If you leave your hand on the page, you can check it out and still go back. To bring it back. To bring it back. That's like what Osiris has going on. Right? That is true. This time-traveling mm. thing. With the fidget cube. He's like, mm, no, wrong way. Wrong, wrong way. <laughs> no, that's Sagira who's like, wrong way. He's running headlong into danger. Right. Yeah, that's Which, actually, by the way, I think that's the strike. I actually, is. Like, You're, she makes a comment I, about how we're really good at cleaning up Osiris's messes. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like Sagira should be a little bit more like um, inventive with the way that she screws with the Vex when they're frozen. Oh yeah, reach well, for I, the sky, big guy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait a minute, like, did you legitimately just come off of the set of Firefly or something? Oh, that's wait. what I. Well, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Isn't that a line from Firefly? Mm-hmm. It it is. It, it is. is. Yeah, like I, I could pick out like several lines that uh, they actually had her say, and they all fit the bill way too well. If they were not like direct quote straight from the show. Mm-hmm. Oh man. <clears throat> so actually, on the topic of Brother Vance, I had a. A weird question on that angle because there are a couple things that were brought up to me that I had kind of forgotten about because, quite frankly, I didn't get too heavily into Osiris uh, outside of like a couple of the grimoire cards I uh, in Destiny One because I was it's like, fine. oh, I have too many other mind screws to worry about, no, like the Books of Sorrow. That's fair. So that's please, fair. I'll be over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I that is a fair point. Yeah, especially coming into it as late as I did. Uh, but somebody had pointed out to me that in uh, Destiny 1, if you go to the Reef, Brother Vance actually mentions a, a couple different things. Now, first point I should mention is, of course, that originally we had all this information that popped up from Brother Vance about Osiris. He was effectively the dude that gave us all of this info, and we basically can kind of look at a lot of it and go, did it really happen? 
Mm-hmm. Is uh, is a lot of this stuff like true, or is it is it just the fanboy in him? Is there just and it it now is calling a lot of this stuff, unfortunately, into question where we didn't have these hints before. The other thing that is seemingly retconned or changed about him uh, is that he was apparently a warlock at one mm, point. Yeah. I, and he no longer is. So there are a few points on Brother Vance to say, well, is this the original Brother Vance and is Vance just a title or is something else going on here? Uh I would still say it is the exact same character because Bungie hasn't really given us any indication to say it's somebody different. But just to to throw those few things out there, see what yeah, I I kind of took it as it's the same character um, because again he's blind. I mean it's it's mm-hmm. the same. I mean he's got the same uh same surface build. I guess you would call it of of Vance yeah. from the Reef. But like, yeah, I know that was one of the things that really actually did kind of irk me when I found that out. I was like, oh, like, don't like because I mean, there there were quotes from him that specifically called out the fact that he was a guardian. Yeah. And and then like, I mean, he makes comments when you're in the reef uh, about like, you know, kind of what you're saying, like he, he, he just he knows these things like the hidden. He knows mm-hmm. like the signs of all this stuff. And it's like, I'm like, that just seems, I don't know. Like I, I, I get it. He, he was kind of a secondary character that I, I assumed that they probably didn't put much thought in originally and now are kind of coming, circling back around, I guess. But it was a little bit of a, for me, it was a little bit of a frustration because it was like, it wouldn't have hurt to keep him a former, like, I don't, I don't really understand why it's important that he's not a guardian, I guess. Uh-huh would disagree in some okay. respects um and it bear with me on this perspective because i do think him staying a guardian would have been a good thing but i can understand why they didn't because of some of the lines in the grimoire originally in d1 talking about osiris's followers we mm. have a physical example of his fanatical followers that was causing the city to kind of have his second thoughts about him in brother Vance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess my and problem he was, was he, he was, well, and he, right. There's that. But the other thing with, with Vance was like the, the problem that I have with that particular presentation is like, I, I can see where you're going with it. However, mm-hmm. the, the speaker didn't really seem to care so much about the cult of his following, except for the fact that it was the guardians that he was driving away from what the speaker deemed as the appropriate work. So for right. me, it would actually still be more impactful for Vance to be a former guardian, because actually if he was a former guardian, it would be more of a dig to no, He's actually pulling people away from, mm-hmm. from being a guardian. You, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I can see, well, I can go both question. ways on that one. Yeah. Here's a question on that front. Speaking of, former guardians or guardians that no longer fight that same fight. Do you, as far as just kind of a left field idea, what do you think about the pacifist in respects to Osiris? Like Ephrodite's mm-hmm. group? Yes. Um, it's a left I don't, field I don't really, idea. Yeah. I don't really think, I don't think they're associated to be honest. No. I don't well, I think there's frankly, but 
could possibly some of the pacifists be from that original group of Osiris's Oh, you're saying like they're a splinter cell. You're like, like a splintering off. Oh, uh, Mm -hmm. I mean like it, it's possible. I think honestly to me, the Ephrodite thing, the way that they're kind of talked down about, about being bug huggers, uh, kind of strikes me more as they were out on the edge of the solar system. You know, they were the quote outer colony, you know, the outer slash inner colony conflict again, that we see in a lot right. of science fiction and they kind of had to make their own peace with the fallen that were invading the system. And they actually did. Um, I, I mean like that's kind of how I, if you put me in a corner with them, that's kind of how I see their story progressing is like right. they were, they were forced to kind of come to terms with this and they didn't have anything that the fallen really wanted. Cause you know, that we know the fallen were after the great machine, right? They didn't really, they don't seem to really care about anything that's not revolving around the city, especially early on. It was kind of more of like carving out their little fiefdoms and then pushing towards the traveler. And so a a pacifist colony out in the edges of of the uh, solar system, it was like if they could just make a trade with them, you know, to me it just seems like that kind of would be more the path that was going on. Beard, I know you had something. Well, and it comes back to to Destiny's story as a whole because it's now granted Destiny as a, a narrative is many, many, many things, but when you look at it from its basis, you could think of it more as like uh the the difference and, and dichotomy of uh of good and evil or darkness and light or you know, do you attack or do you not? And you also see this from the perspective though, and I like that you brought up uh Osiris and the cult uh, of Osiris kind of like being a a hidden relation, because I thought that's where it was going originally. I thought there was something that would kind of present to say, well, Lycora has her hidden, Osiris probably had his hidden, and they probably followed him. And that's where I thought originally, yeah, and and that's where I thought uh, originally they were going with the cult of Osiris. Mm -hmm. Obviously, of course, that didn't happen. Uh, but then you end up seeing this uh, this difference, though, where I, I think that the the pacifists themselves just go to show, just as they are right now, that we are ones that push ourselves pretty hard uh, to to fight against what it is that we have, versus not really wanting to engage with them or try to work through things in a different way. And we don't know, obviously, the full thing with the pacifists yet, if they ever do decide to go ahead and bring anything else with them. Uh, but they're they're also trying to they're also trying to keep themselves hidden, um, not to not not, not that kind of hidden. Uh, they were basically, uh, if you look at the the card with Ephrodite, she had actually been using a different type of radio than her uh, using like ghost communication which is that linked to the fact that she doesn't have her ghost yet, and that's still a question, uh, or is she actually using a different radio frequency in order to actually communicate with somebody? Uh, that's the weird thing. Secondarily, just had a stupid thought. I don't know, a radio that can actually like reach subspace. Anyway, uh, the whole point that I mean with this, because I know I'm going in a, in a weird ter- circle tangent right now, uh, I, I don't think that the pacifists have any kind of like connection 
to Osiris. I think that they they get a lot of their ideas and their hints and tricks and so on about their beliefs from other Guardians to say, this is what we don't want to be. And Osiris might be one of them that right. they, they kind of poke at. Uh, but I think it's more that kind of display more than it is anything. It's just a, it's just a difference in opinion. It's a, a an, an alternative to how we act. I think that's the best way I can just put it. Well, here's, I mean, I'm kind of going along the lines of the idea of what do the Osiris ones who, what we thought were former guardians, as in like Brother Vance, mm. used to be. Do we have examples of that in the grimoire where they have, um, they have their beliefs of being a former guardian is more important based off of something, 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 um, instead of being a guardian still, or is it just the concept of uh, why are you fighting for this aspect in particular? Um, Osiris was just like, this is don't fight for the speaker type thing because the speaker is doing it wrong. It was kind of a rambly around the around the world type ish question for were the non-guardians called non-guardians just because they weren't following the speaker? I know they're not necessarily non-guardians, but were they stopping because they're not following the speaker? Or was it they literally put aside their ghost? That's a good question. I think, yeah, I think that it it's open-ended at this point to be honest, because like, you know, let's take Vance, for example. Um, he, you know, going off that argument, he could be like Eris. He could no longer be a guardian because he doesn't have a ghost anymore. And then he could say, you know, I'm, you know, blah, blah, blah. But that's not like, I didn't get that vibe when I read the cards. Now I'm not saying that's not, you know, that someone else didn't. Um, but I don't know. Like I, I see what you're going, and I, I would, I would think like for the pacifist uh, group, it definitely seems like they still retain guardian-like abilities. I think is kind of what I kind of imagine that it's just a philosophical difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and setting we setting it aside, right? And we see that in lore. Like we've seen guardians do drastically different. I mean, warlords, dredge and yore, shadows of yore, you know, pick, pick your, pick your poison there. There's guardians who retain their powers who are right. not doing things in line with the, the speaker. Tower. Yeah. Or the tower, whatever, whatever you want it, whatever force of light you want or uh, representation of the lights leadership you want to pick there. I mean, the entire presentation of warlords versus the, the iron lords the warlords were guardians like they i mean mm. they they weren't guardians they were light bearers i think right um risen risen right I, I i actually i really like the term light bearers because to me it's actually but risen is also similar um but light bearers i think is a very very telling thing for me at least that differentiates between because especially in in Destiny Two now we have we have people who are called guardians who are not light bearers. I mean Hawthorne is referred to as a guardian. She's not a Only light bearer. At the end, right, yeah. right, right. But I mean, well, but but Zavala Zavala kind of that's a big deal. 
Zavala right. referring to her as a guardian. And it's, there for a while, they weren't light bearers either. Sorry, it, Justin. It reinforces for me. It reinforces for me the fact that guardianship in this game is much more an ethos than it is some sort of set of physical traits right. or yes. circumstances yes. of your origin story. It's much more the set of principles that you set about um, embodying and the role that you take up in the world around you. Um, yeah, and Hawthorne is a wonderful example of that. Um, so, I mean, I had a question real quick just about the the cult of Osiris. I just want to see if everyone else is on the same page as me. Was I the only one that really thought that the cultists were very legit compatriots of Osiris and was very taken aback to find out that they were that the fact that you know, they were working together before and then you yeah, yeah, had I just, nothing to do with them? Yeah, yeah, like when when Brother Vance first said, if you could just find me anything that Osiris touched uh-huh. or maybe passed by or or you know, whatever. I don't care. Just find it for me. I was like, what? You're Osiris to is the Kurt Cobain of Destiny. You know this. Mm-hmm. Which well, is kind of I... perfect for our community, too, because the way the community <laughs> has kind of idolized him, <laughs> he's been the Kurt Cobain of the community for lore. I'm going to say, and it ties back to what I was saying before, how it, it, it did feel like the cult of Osiris was like the hidden to Osiris, but then we come to find out that that's not the case. Yeah. Okay. I'm just yeah, making yeah. sure I wasn't the only one that was like, what? Oh, no. no. No, no, no. I think not everybody at, not at was all. a little shocked about that one. Yeah, I, I think we all were I mean, like, so... It was uh, one of those things no. that, like, in retrospect, actually makes sense, mm-hmm. but, yeah. yeah, it was not one Our of those... Pre- preconceived notions on matter. Yeah. No, and it's like uh, it's like what they say actually with Brother Vance. I think it is on the the Grimoire card, uh, and uh, Sister Feyre. I think that's who it was. Was uh, writing the letter to. Uh, yeah, Vance, are you talking about what's in saying? Uh, maybe uh, about I'm, the hidden honestly, the hidden meaning or hidden uh, secret mission. The hidden to the thing. Reef. Yes, exactly right. Yeah, I I'm tired. I'm trying to pay attention. I am sorry, chat. Um, but yes, yeah, the, uh, like they'll never know your hidden mission or why it is that you hang around the reef. Uh, and I think that's a excellent tie back in that regard. It just, we, we don't necessarily know what it is that their mission was. We never found out what it was. And now we kind of figure it's probably to try to find Osiris and they tracked him back to one point to the reef. Uh, green. Um, so green. You want to know? You. I think. <clears throat> excuse me. God. Blah, 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 blah. Um, lost prophecies. Yeah. Do we want to talk about those a little bit? Since those are kind of. Oh boy, let me get my book. Yeah, I, was I am say. pulling them out and putting them in chat as we speak. I'm just muting myself so you can't hear my atrocious keyboard. The funny thing about the lost <laughs> prophecies is they're a misnomer. They're not actually lost. Right. He's still got him. No, Ikora has him, actually. 
she did not want to go Fahrenheit 451 on him. Yeah, she she said, even though I do not agree with the person uh, or who it is that wrote them, I do not believe in destroying knowledge, which yep. I I think says volumes no about unintended about books about Ikora. Yes, and mm-hmm. and actually about the speaker as well. Yes. Well, I mean, yes, goes was it goes back to you specifically know, was it Ikora who saved the them by themselves because wasn't yes. there a line in one of them that said Eris, that you Eris, she, anybody who wants to no yeah so she says um that anyone so she saved them initially i got I, what i got the feeling was she refused to burn them or to destroy them basically when she was first ordered to and then mm-hmm. since then it has been kind of grudgingly accepted back um into it's west of West of Sunfall to reference the the point that we're uh, looking at in case anybody wants to follow along. Perfect. But yeah, and and then she also kind of confesses to Eris. <laughs> that was where she kind of was like, I think that's the one where she says she doesn't believe in destroying knowledge of any kind. Like she she just yeah. won't she won't do it. It's yeah, I gotta a, say the line is Jack I Queen don't. King. What's that? Sorry, Jack Queen King. Isn't that what um, she's talking to? I, it's, it's from the journals. Wait, no, it's not that one. No, it's uh, it's West of Sunfall 7. Uh, ah. But that's the letter from Ikora Reda Eris Moore. And the line that she states is, I don't believe in burning books regardless of my opinion of the author. Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta say it, and and my notes that I had taken on it, and we all know, we all know how much I love the speaker. Uh, shows the speaker was all about censorship and ensuring no one uh, came to Osiris' conclusions as well. Ikora ensures that his texts are not lost, placing them in her private library. But this is also to Eris, means that this would take place after she had gone into the Hellmouth. Uh, and they do make some extra reference points to that, which means that this might have been a period of time where Eris was in a possible contemplation of uh, banishment or something similar, and then moved, uh, was allowed back into the tower after Ikora pushed for it. But it also shows that they were friends for a good many years, quite possibly, which is uh, something that's also kind of interesting. Uh, Blue, you had something to add? Yeah, for the the connection to Eris, too, because she makes a comment about how, like, I, I'm like, Ikora, that's kind of in bad taste, but she's like, she actually compares the banishment of Osiris while Eris was in the hell mouth. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that might why be a would little, you do why would you say that? Um, <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, oh, I would not have, I would, oh, Ikora, like, no. Um, but she I comes also, back out of the hell mouth, looks yeah. at Ikora and goes, so what you're telling me is you would rather lose your ghost, lose your eyes and all of your friends. <laughs> I was like, that was, no. <sighs> um, but it also confirmed like Eris is a member of the hidden. Um, and right. from what we have seen in the new information on the hidden with Ikora, they all seem very close to Ikora, uh, which mm-hmm. uh, again, kind of makes sense given that their purpose is to be her basically personal spy network. Um, yeah, there was they are not restricted to warlocks, too. by the way. Thank goodness, because <laughs> the two the two named hidden that we have are hunters. 
Eris. Mm-hmm. Um, which, given mouth here, totally is one. I would. Ooh, that'd be I cool. I would be okay with that. I, I've I've already made that speculation, but anyway, carry on. Yeah, I'm like. <laughs> Given, yeah, I can see that connection. Given the the cadence of his conversation with her, and then given well, the and, conversation with uh, Dragon's Shadow entry, yep. um, the way that they talk to each other, I can see that. Added uh, a couple extra pieces behind that too. Uh, with uh, with Shin, he's also kind of a point of uh, goodness. If I can think today and talk. Uh, a point of research for Ikora because he's That's, a very interesting yeah. idea of a ghost that ends up taking over a living body. Uh, and it is something different for that one. But yeah, I, I, I continue to find relevant impact that Shin Malfura very well could be a hidden, which I absolutely love. Yeah, I, I would be completely okay with that, which is another mm. hunter that is it. But anyways, um but uh the other thing the other thing is uh for Eris especially, we do know that there was kind of a transitory period that she was not allowed in the tower. Um and it actually I think it's kind of cool that it clarifies that Ikora was the one that was pushing for her to which makes sense given that Eris was a hidden. But Ikora was the one that was actually pushing against the speaker because the speaker originally was kind of the one that was against her return because of the concern for her being tainted um, with her little, you know, fingers on the mind issues. (laughs) Fingertips on the surface of my mind. (laughs) Yes. Is that the quote you're talking about? Yeah, thank you yeah. for your input, Eris. Yeah, thank you for your input, Eris. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, first time I heard that line, I was like, okay, Eris, you're just keeping up with the crime. I, I just love Zavala's reaction to it. Yeah. Moving uh, on. That's like Cade when she says it's not a funeral, and he goes, yeah, it's a funeral. <laughs> right. Side note, uh, I continue to think that uh, Escher Mir might also be one of the hidden, but that goes a little bit further. That uh, I could, or, I could see like that. Has, yeah. has nobody has nobody put together that Asher might be uh, Doctor Shem? Oh, you calm down. <laughs> He's totally Dwayne McKnight. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> That's Wouldn't where, that his, be hilarious? That's like where he, his anger comes from. Exactly. He gets resurrected. He's like, that Dr. Shim guy was such a jerk in my past life, but I don't remember him and I don't actually know the guy. I'm just that perturbed. Speaking of can't remember, should we talk about the the Osiris line from D1? Talking about whether or not our ghost reprograms us. Yeah. The, so basically the questions from the Osiris grimoire card, um, one of which was how much, so, so here I have them written down. Um, they were first one was how much of a guardian's personality and memories were true. Uh, how much had been fabricated by their ghost. And then he asked, did guardians share particular personality traits, a willingness to yield to authority, a tendency to do anything anyone asks for the promise of an uncertain reward, a blind knight errant mentality, 
And then the last one was had the traveler manufactured all of you as living weapons. Hmm. I love the second one simply because it's making fun of players. Right. Which I will continuously point out every time I bring this question up. Is, I will say that Osiris is breaking of them that make fun. Of oh yeah. Yeah. No, even in uh, it, it continues in the curse of Osiris DLC. There's, there's a couple comments from him and uh, I can't, oh, yeah, it's one of the, it's a couple of the lore, the lost prophecies. Uh, mm-hmm. You can read them as him kind of being like, again, Osiris is kind of the Deadpool of destiny in that regard. We also have armor that's literally called Errant Knight. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing oh, yeah. armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's really good. Hmm. But um it it does it does beg the question as far as where the complete control of um the guardians come from. And that's mm-hmm. also where a lot of the concern that happens in uh the Arcebo mission is coming from, at least for me. Because if you kind of daisy chain those connections, if the ghosts and the traveler are controlling the guardians and the ghosts and the traveler can have their memories rewritten with what seems like pretty easy access by by a war mind, that really opens up the possibilities of dangerous conclusions. I would actually put forward a slight counter to that with Sagira being able to take over Ghost or share Ghost and then mm-hmm. at really having no effect on us in the meantime. I mean, that's mm-hmm. not a huge way to that's argue a fair it, point. but that's a it fair does point. provide kind of context a little bit more like, okay, maybe our Ghost isn't exactly controlling us so much as Yeah, because that, was, that was one of that was one of the fun theories from Destiny 1 was that we actually are playing the Ghost. Mm-hmm. Because you you never see the ghosts until you pull out your menu, right? Mm-hmm. And so like it would be it's just one of those like fun little digs at an explanation of game mechanics inside a lore would be that we are actually playing our ghost who is controlling our guardian, which means so, we talk all the time. Yeah, we never shut exactly. Up. <laughs> that's why I'm not. That's why I'm not upset that people keep saying that our character doesn't talk. My character talks all the time. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I make up my own dialogue. Well, we we know Justin. We know. Yes, yes, Justin. It's okay, Justin. Um, on the topic of whether or not the ghost puts the memories there, or or you know whether they're the real memories, I think you have to assume that the ghost puts them there because if you think of a dead person, there's no electrical signal in their brain anymore. So anything that's in that person's head is going to be reconstructed by the ghost. In my my opinion, I present to you the new Shinobu's vow. Anybody read this one yet? Because this is a weird, I just got it. I actually just got it. uh, Did you? Day before Mm. yesterday. Yeah. I would actually read over that one. If you, if you get a moment, uh, only I'll put it on right now. It's a bit of a head trip. It is a little bit of a head trip. That was just say, after you like reread it about 50 times, you start to actually figure out that like several different things. And it almost seems like uh, Shinobu is 
fully resurrected almost immediately after death, which is very interesting, the way that I read it at the very least. Well, because it uh, seemed which, to me that she didn't die until the Dark Age. Exactly. Which I think we kind of have some con- – I mean, like, we know that Shinobi was around. Well, know, and we like, know that they that, were – That was sorry. really weird. No, I was just going to say it was just a really weird <laughs> entry to yeah. read. I'm going to say, before I go down that tangent on that angle, uh, even though I know it ties back very well uh, to what we're kind of talking about, it's worth looking into for the idea and science, if you will, behind resurrection, uh, because it doesn't seem like every ghost is needing to find somebody that existed or had only existed during the Golden Age, which is a very interesting point. Uh, again, this ties back to another figure we've already talked about with B. Chin Malfur. How much of it does it really matter? Do they have to necessarily get along? Do they do they have to be Marcus Ren and Diddy? What? I didn't just say that. <laughs> um, there's several pieces through that card alone that really make me uh, kind of question what ghosts have to go through in order to actually find a guardian and resurrect them. Um, totally totally wonderful little little aside though with shinobu would you mind if i read it because i have pulled up totally no supplies armor and tatters but the refugees had had asked for help and she had given her word tale of the six coyotes i don't know how to write this i died well shinobu died this is hard But she, I, she must have kept this journal for a reason. So here goes. One of the hunters, Nadia, told me that most guardians were dead for centuries before ghosts find them. When all traces of their first lives are gone, Nadia is the name she chose for herself. Shinobu isn't your name anymore, Nadia said. It could be, I said. Then Nadia said... Shinobu and I were going to skip town. She told me she told me I, Shinobu, had realized there was no stopping the fallen, that her village, Coyote, was doomed. She wanted to leave this place, Nadia said. She didn't want to die here. So much for that. Excerpt from the diary of Himura Shinobu. So and Shinobu was already a really interesting character to me to begin with. There were like these little I don't I don't usually get into hunter lore, I should say that, but Shinobu was cool only because it felt like there was something a little bit more about her. Uh plus we had the bandwagon, I think that was also mm-hmm. given to us uh in <laughs> yeah, that is. that was a really kind of <laughs> quaint one, kind of the way that that was all put together. Uh, and then there was another story that actually talks about the actual engagement uh, within Coyote, since we now have like full confirmation of this. And it almost makes me think that, uh, obviously, of course, to tie back to the to the town itself, that the the six coyotes, the the hunter group that's here, uh, is completely born of this village. And it makes me wonder how many other groups are actually born of the same kind of uh maybe subconscious level connections uh that may or may not have existed in the past uh in their past lives. Annabray. Well we ah, also know Cade has mm-hmm. records of his past life. 
Well, and I find it funny that both Shinobu and Cade have these journals that they ended up keeping. We don't hear of a lot of others that had them. Now, granted, I'm sure there are plenty of others and, and other records that we can find, but we don't know of many others that recalled that they had these journals handy. Cade and uh, Shinobu seem to be the only two uh, that really pick into this. Mm. Un- unless Shinobu is Cade. No, never mind. No. Oh, no. <laughs> Cade is Rasputin, right? Yeah, there Wait, you that's go. next week's topic. hey Huh. Spoilers. No, sort of. Sort, sort of, of spoilers. <sighs> the Shin- this Shinobu card, though, is just... Well, and it and it, it very well ties back to, to, like I had said before, without really wanting to get on topic, even though I was the one that brought it up. Uh, anyway, right. with Osiris, well, like, it ties back so well because of this question. How much of a of a guardian's mind is really like embedded uh, from their ghost, or or what else was there? Either she is told her name is Shinobu, uh, or she knows that her name is Shinobu. She knows it What's from the, difference? the journal. Well, does she know it from the journal, or does she know it from Nadia? And then that leads mm-hmm. back to: Did Nadia know it beforehand because of the journal, or did Nadia know it beforehand because it was Nadia, and they both talked? Well, and I don't. That's think where they... this really weird mind screw comes and kind of forms. I don't think they were. They became guardians at the same time. I the way I'm reading it is Nadia was a hunter that came to this the town first. Mm-hmm. And said that Shinobu and her were going to skip town, and then Shinobu had died, and then the ghost rose her. Mm-hmm. Which is also kind of awkward, because if Nadia is there when Shinobu becomes risen, that's a whole another weird little mind thing that's like, okay, it's not super personal. Other people right. can be around for it. Right. But where did the ghost come from? Yeah. Did the ghost come from her? And especially when this ghost either seemed to have been hanging around that whole time in a in a slightly almost completely past devastated city of uh or or town of Coyote. Right. Um it, it didn't seem like it was necessarily from the stuff that we know of. And if if it is held all true that Shinobu did revive immediately, uh or near immediately after her death. That would mean that it is a, a pretty frantic combat zone, or would have just been a past combat zone. Uh, and we and we know ghosts are pretty smart, or try to keep their heads down about a lot of things, unless they're like Siva corrupted or or something else, like Holborn talks about. Uh, there's not a lot to say that they don't like want to be out in the open so much. But. Right. <laughs> okay, so. I'm I keep bouncing back to the prophecies because there's little <laughs> tidbits and they're just infuriating because prophecies are meant to be infuriating because they're not meant to give you exactly what's going on. Which is really funny well, because he actually talks about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, is, that's the key to prophesizing is stay vague. Mm-hmm. Well, but, that's the whole idea behind him. How much do you say before you change things or how much do you not say in order to not have people act? That's why he leaves them in these. Uh, what what are what's the way that he fidget uh, cubes? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, it's uh, iambic couplets. I always forget oh, how yeah. it's, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, how yeah, it's yeah. put. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
I love yeah. the I love like that's one of the things I just want to read and record. Right. Ikora, Ikora has a very dithering view on his reasons. Yeah, I was gonna say. Wait, what, what was hers? He's as to why. <laughs> right. I gotta say, as to why he had to write the prophecies in iambic couplets, <laughs> simple vanity. <laughs> I love that. One. I'm gonna Jeez. say between be, between uh, both. The uh, uh, Aeon armor and the prophecies, I had actually written down all of them in a straight poem. And it's right. pretty... It, it's kind of interesting to read them straight through. Well, did you read Traveler's Judgment? I'm sure you did. Just mm. the, Not just the prophecy, but the the card itself where it talks about how to in- interpret it. Right. Yeah, it, it's... It, it adds this extra weird layer that gets thrown into like how far, how far into the prophecies he knew about, how far like into the future he kind of knew about. Uh, but th- this comes back to like what Osiris had mentioned, like how far do you end up telling something about it? Because one interpretation could be completely wrong. This is why he keeps people guessing, uh, and that's where I, I kind of like that he puts them in this way. Because you have these guys that now study them. They they study these prophecies and they can say, well, this is how far it got versus, you know, what what could it actually be or what does Osiris actually imply by a lot of this? Well, uh, yeah, and even to go further beyond that, mm-hmm. one of the last lines in that card says, I must assume, one, either verse five does not refer to the Traveler's wake- Awakening or two... Right. Osiris has a prophetic resource at his disposal other than the forest because it talks about in the card how if the Vex cannot correctly simulate light, which I'm super glad that the writing team thought about this ahead of time because this would have been something the lore community would have picked him apart on. Mm -hmm. If these Vex cannot accurately simulate light, how did Osiris predict the Traveler would wake? Right. Which kind of makes you mind just break a little bit like okay maybe he does have something else or maybe he's writing poetic verses of something he'd like to see happen Mm -hmm. because beginning of the card talks about how it could theoretically attach to events that we've already witnessed whether it's yeah and and especially with the uh the way that a couple of them are written um i'll read the one here uh to tower comes a war in red, an orphan sounds the Empire's call. Mortal angels mourn the dead, while lightless light wraps night in pall. And mm-hmm. for me, I thought that's where the speaker had died until I get towards the end. And it reads in a different kind of way. And that's what I, I find clever about these, if nothing else, because again, it kind of comes back to your interpretation all of a sudden, I'm like interpreting them in in different uh, parts of like what we ended up doing with uh, Destiny's story or anything else. Uh, and the one that uh, also passes back to like the speaker would be the the final one, which is number ten. Uh, See who's robed as if a god who stood with pride above the rest. Destroy this ancient nameless fraud. Destroy the one whose death was blessed. 
by the way, total fraud. Moving on. Uh, well, okay. She's had to get that in there. Was his death actually blessed, though? Because you, you, right. you could do the whole fraud thing being the speaker, but because this is written in such a vague way, it can mean a lot of things. Who's destroy the one whose death was blessed? Was blessed. And that's was, the key that screws me up reading that. Well, it's a guardian of some sort. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm and, reading. And that's what makes me think, um, or or as Blue just said in chat too, it could be Gaul or something of that notion, I but a, I, don't, I don't know. Well, okay, the reason why or, I don't think it's Gaul mm-hmm. is because in the fifth verse, mm-hmm. and, and I keep coming back to this because it actually talks about the prevalent theories within the followers of Osiris, Right, is that the first five verses, just the first five, refer to the Black Garden, the coming of Gaul, and the Traveler's Awakening, and then its subsequent defeat, which, obviously, looking back, is you can interpret it as being that, even though you could theoretically say, okay, yes, that fits, but that may not be the event it's actually talking about, which is the mm-hmm. problem with all, all prophecies. Right. You can assign them afterwards, but that may or may not actually be the truth. Because for me, I've, again, interpretation, and this is why I think uh, to any listener that's out there, I think it's very important that if you get the chance to read over these things in order, uh, at least so what we're kind of figuring is the order, uh, one through ten, in order to kind of grasp how it would all kind of work out or be put together. Because reading it from one to ten does make a ton of sense. It does seem like it all flows together very well. Uh, but there is the thought right now that with the forge and the way that that's put together, with the way that everything kind of lights up, mm-hmm. that might actually show the true order, order. in which everything yes. should be going. Which I, I just, haven't seen if that would have actually uh, panned out or not. Some of this writing, though, is my favorite of the Curse of Osiris mm. release. Like, Oh god, there's some These Assyrian weapons are just my favorite so far. Like I can't get over how good they are. The weapons themselves are the writing for the weapons. Just just both of them. Like be- between the prophecy and between the the lore tabs that are held within, they are easily my most uh fa- the my favorite part so far mm-hmm. of Destiny 2's lore because they go into so many different things. Right. Uh you you've got it where they talk about like The main point is Osiris, and they almost seem like they barely knack on Osiris. They start talking about these little extras that you can start to really tick – pull away from like the the way that the city handles, uh, the way that these uh, prophecies are kind of acting upon within the tower, uh, the way that uh, the, the consensus is being built, the way that the speaker is handling himself. It isn't all about Osiris, and that's what I love about these things, well, the way that they're put together. The problem is, and Blue's going to love this because he's <laughs> quietly typing and probably muted himself. Mm-hmm. All these cards are very outside of Osiris, but they all lead to Osiris because and what it's very much so making apparent is Osiris has touched so many things. In the world, yeah, all roads lead to Osiris. There you go, mm-hmm, Blue. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you're not like screaming it from the rooftops. <laughs> I'm being polite. He's 
bolding it and like yelling it in chat in all caps and all caps bolded. It's like, okay. Also italics. <laughs> all all roads lead to Osiris. Which these cards kind of show you because you have a card about Brother Vance, just the mm-hmm. basic introduction. Then you have Shax talking about the Crucible. Then you have the journals of Ikora Ray and right. more writings from Brother Vance. I mean, there's so many different things that it touches. Well, and that's where I, I think that it was. Uh, I know I'm kind of going back to last week of that episode here in a little bit, in a little bit of a way, but. For me, I was at a point where, and I think a lot of people could kind of say that they were uh, kind of questioning where Destiny 2's lore might go. Reading over these things kind of gave me a little bit of renewed vigor in terms of like what I wanted to to kind of see or the direction that I was hoping to see things happen, uh, which is which is what I kind of thought that they were going to do. Like you've got that base with Destiny 2. Now let's expand upon it. Now let's build upon it. Let's do some world building. And that's exactly what these cards did. Not even these, like every, I cannot think of, well, okay, hang on. Except for Jester's Gemini, which I'm still really confused about. <laughs> uh, that is the, I think, only one that I can sit back and look at and go, what is happening here? The rest of them, I'm like totally excited for. I, 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 20-minute long video based off of the fact that Perfect Paradox and Grey Pigeon talk about Saint-14's inspiration. No, right. that didn't make me go on a tangent line for 20 minutes at all. Not well, one bit. It Also, we have roads. confirmation. Roads! That- <laughs> Where we're going, we don't need roads! If my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going <laughs> to oh, see some serious God. stuff. <laughs> For context, check out Beard's latest video on Saint Point Team Time Traveler and Back to the Future. Yes, totally. He Look, he is Marty McFly, okay? Oh, my now, goodness. I now want yes, a DeLorean Sparrow. My, I, Beard sent me his script for this. <laughs> I think, was it <laughs> yeah, I saw it. To me? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say, I think I had that all done a few days, and then it took me like two or three days to, to get the thing made up. But. Can you? Can I just say how excited he was to actually release this? Because he sent <sighs> me notifications about having not responded to the fact he sent me this thing and that I should read it. <laughs> I was like, hey, still didn't respond. Um, <laughs> what do you, what do you think of the thing? And then I felt really bad because he had already made the video by the time I did finally read it and could comprehend what he was talking about because I was like, what? Tiny wimey? Yeah, really. Uh, I tried my best, but you, I know it's all over the place. You did you did better than Blue did when he, the first time Blue tried to explain some of the time traveling theory to me, which right. I, I sent you guys a pretty little picture about my mm-hmm. the time travel theories. Nope. And we're we're totally in the middle one. Yeah, I would yeah, just like to are. say that one for sure. Which is like we're, why it's called Perfect Paradox. Can we yep. explain that before? Yeah, we move yeah. On so that? so there's there's three yeah. like there's three predominant theories of time travel. Um, and I have a really cool little picture. If you guys are in our Discord server and you want it, that actually does a pretty fair job of explaining these. Um, mm-hmm. 
the first one is going to be what's normally called a fixed timeline. Uh, and basically the way that they explain this is even when parties travel back in time, the future they left cannot be changed. So all events remained as fixed points in time. The actions of the traveler in the past have already become part of history. Uh, and this is actually known as the Novikov self-consistency principle. Uh, and the example that they give is, say you travel back in time in order to kill Hitler as a baby in order to prevent World War II. Common, common trope in time travel things. You replace him with an orphan baby so that the family will not notice. You travel back to the future and the replaced baby grows up to become Adolf Hitler himself. Like, the, it's so it's self-consistent. Uh, videos that do this a lot, uh, 12 Monkeys does this. Harry Potter 3 apparently does this. I don't know. I didn't watch Harry Potter. And the Terminator. With uh, Hermione. Hermione okay. and her time turner. I am pop culture Harry Potter fans. Okay, okay, fair. No, no. I mean, I, I just, I don't. I legitimately don't. I don't. Yeah. I haven't watched Harry Potter. Um, the no next worries. one, the next one. Uh, I'm actually going to jump to the the last one because I'm going to come back to the one that is relevant to this conversation. The next one is the multiverse theory, uh, and this is the concept of multiverse. Uh, or alternate timelines. And so what happens here is in an infinite number of parallel universes, traveling to the past causes a new divergent timeline from the first. Because of this, the traveler can do anything with impunity and only the new timeline will be affected. Basically, this is this is the answer to a, uh, the grandfather paradox. Uh, if, you try, if you travel back in time and kill all your grandparents, nothing happens. There is no paradox. You have simply created a new timeline in which you will not exist, but the original timeline is unaffected. However, note here, you cannot return to your original timeline because it, you have basically been locked out of it. You see this in Terminator 2 and 3, uh, Misfits, and uh, the recent Star Trek uh, uh, in 2009. Mm-hmm. Now, the big the big one that's relevant to this conversation is the dynamic timeline. And this, is, this is the one that creates a lot of head trips. Because in a dynamic timeline, altered events in the past have definite impacts on the present. So, if you travel back in time and kill your grandfather... You also prevent your own birth and your eventual travel back in time to kill your grandfather. Therefore, your grandfather is never killed. You are born again only to go back in time and kill your grandfather anyways. So basically what happens is this creates an infinite loop, which is deemed the paradox. Uh, This is seen in Back to the Future because the grandfather problem. This is the grandfather paradox is... You can't this is the in one a dynamic that model. Head blows up trying to figure out. It, well, you can't figure it out. I mean, it, right. that's that's the problem. Is in a dynamic timeline, it, it it's paradoxes because you have to under like the the theory of exi- like existence in general is that there has to be a consistent and integral time continuum. Like like if you break time. <laughs> it's it's not like oh oh darn you don't exist anymore like the i mean that that enters into uh the moth prophecy oh and um all that so like if you suddenly disappear if you're if you're in a dynamic timeline every ripple effect that you've created throughout the life your life um will have 
been undone, which then creates more ripples and then more ripples. And, you know, and it just continuously, it continues to go down, uh, that path. And so, and that's also the problem with dynamic timeline is simply by your presence being in the past, you have changed things. Uh, because, because the way the universe exists, you step on a blade of grass. It doesn't matter. You have changed the, the layer of events that then can ripple and create multitudes of issues in the present time. Uh, dynamic timeline is extremely problematic within any form of like if you're if you're talking to a a, a real uh i don't i don't even know what they're it's not quantum but it's it's like basically philosophy or anything like that in in reality dynamic timeline i i don't know many people who really think that dynamic timeline exists viable it's because it's not viable because i mean well it is and it's not it they is and it's not like you can't super. yeah you There's, if you understand time as a as a forward progression or a uh, retrograde progression like there's there's two directions um you you by having a dynamic timeline it is consistently going to negate any efforts to create time travel in general hmm. whereas with a fixed timeline or a multiverse um well i mean like a fixed timeline Basically, what it's saying is that if you go back in time and do something, it's already been done. Therefore, the problem with fixed timeline is that it removes a lot of possibility of what's considered free will because everything is predestined um, from a from a uh, I hesitate to call it a spiritual level, but it's kind of a spiritual level. Um the pre the predestination argument is very very difficult to overcome in a fixed timeline um whereas in a multiverse you still have your free will but then in a multiverse the problem there is that you have alternate realities and the question becomes there is like if you go back in time and change something well technically you didn't change the original but your existence changes because you are now quote unquote locked out of the original timeline. I think there's actually evidence in destiny's lore of dynamic timelines. Cause there they is. talk about bootstrap paradoxes. Um, and they also we don't talk know about stepping from the, yeah. And when we don't know if something is from the past or the future or it's, it's old, it's it's very old, but it's from the future. Um, it's it's kind of trippy. Well, time travel in general is a, it's just a headache waiting. Hmm. I mean, like no, and, and I I don't mean to downplay. I mean that is a very like those were probably terrible explanations of those the three most prevalent like there, there's yeah, a multitude of theories good. well but what i mean is like that was a, a a a very quick and dirty explanation of time travel theories mm-hmm. that I was mean, not the explanation that osiris would have given we'll put it that way right well and i mean but the <laughs> the thing is is like you know and there and there are like volumes of of works on temporal displacement and temporal, you know, manipulation and something like that nature. Oh yeah. Um, 
and it, and some of it's very fascinating, but a lot of it, like you read, and it's like your brain hurts. Like I mean, it feels mm-hmm. like you've gotten a drill put through your skull, just simply because it it challenges the very concept of being able to travel through time challenges your basic level of understanding of what uh, what time is um even on the most fundamental level because to say i mean even the even if the so if you stop and think even the statement travel through time implies that time has a physical quality to it that you can travel through right and depending on your theory of you know of existence that can or that could you know potentially have its own ramifications that you know that need to be taken into consideration so it's it's like you know the the entire the entire principle of time travel itself requires you to understand certain um i mean i i hesitate to call them basic truths but certain foundational uh axioms i guess um Mm. And those are in very big, uh, very, very counter to a lot of our very, very commonly understood and, you know, kind of just unconscious level of understanding of what time is. But, you know, and I mean, this is this is getting into, you know, that and that gets into stuff like, you know, you know, Einstein's, you know, quantum realities and stuff like that. Um and the way that those are, are folded on each other and all the, and it's just, it's like I said, it's really fascinating, but you like start, you start stagger, you start staggering the connections because quantum mechanics, everything is connected. Everything is connected. Is the thing. I mean, it it really is. Everything is connected. Hmm. It's the butterfly effect, but it is on a more macro. Yeah, it's almost like scale. it's almost like a convergence. Oh, he's oh, been trying to work that. To, he's been working that in for the last twenty minutes. So look, look, I got called out for covering Dead Space. I would just like to cover the fact that they talk about convergence in Dead Space. So uh, you can't. You moving can't. on. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Convergence is a very common. It is. And, and even even the con, just like the concept, like even the, the I mean, so like I mean, this is good. this is what Green's talking about. Like, what do you say? All roads lead to Osiris. It's like it's ironic because his biggest concern is convergence, and yet everything converges on him. Like, as far as story, right, so right. But yeah, I mean, it's just this. to me. To me, I find that kind of kind of humorous. Is like his biggest his biggest fear is the vexes convergence of all things you know and and like all this lore is like it's literally converging on him like everything is connected to him so i just do you think that that's possibly because of the underlying nature that is the vex like the fact that the vex permeate everything throughout um yeah i think and weave of this story I think I like, and that's his area of expertise. I, I think that yeah, I mean like you see you see uh even within the Vault of Glass you saw their their stated desire of being to weave themselves into the very laws of reality. 
Um, you know, I, I definitely see that green. I know you had, you were going to say something. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that Osiris's obsession with convergence kind of is, well, okay. Osiris and the Vex are not mirrors of each other, mm-hmm. but you find things most fascinating to you if it's somewhat related to you. Now, I'm not saying that like Osiris is like the light version of the Vex or anything like that. I'm I'm merely saying that Osiris's predisposition to obsess about the Vex is similar to his own desire for knowledge, desire for understanding outcomes, desire for creating what he wants to see. It just it kind of fits in my head as far as canon wise that Osiris would be the character that would be most interested in the Vex because Osiris is similar to the Vex in a lot of ways. Which yeah, chat right now is ironically mm-hmm. triggering me on this this particular trope. He what he hates. Be, well, but see and see my response to that is actually it begs the question, did he become what he hates or does he hate Was it he because it that way? Be, does he hate it because that's what he is? Right. I say two. I say number two, my lord. Number two. <laughs> right. I mean, oh. like, you know, like, do does he hate it because he understands it so innately because mm-hmm. that's what he is? Or did he, be, you know, did he stare into the abyss too long? We fight those things within us that we hate the most. Um, hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and added to that, it's kind of interesting that we, you know, lead down this little road because we have the two choices that osiris kind of presents to us in that would we rather be conquered by the uh by the darkness or by the vex right and he would always go ahead and say well that's silly i would always choose to be conquered by the darkness because the vex are what you would call pure evil and in this line of thinking though there is this third way (laughs) that is technically produced because who is it that's talking to you at that point? It's Osiris. Mm-hmm. So you have the third path in which you could end up following him, in which case that could lead from all these possibilities of doom. And wait, wait, there's three there's three options? Like there's there's the maybe like queens? Right, I think queen? something uh, about yeah, queens. Okay, okay. All right. Maybe just, yeah, yeah, maybe, I maybe. Think so. maybe. We still have two things Toland? to deal with. Where's Toland? Where's Toland? You still have to deal with the siblings as well, so... Right. Oh, God, yeah. That's a fun new one to deal with. Um, uh, that that ties e- into Zer quotes. Mm-hmm. Which, that was kind of... Okay. I I give people so much credit for coming up with spin theory stuff, because spin theory is not easy to come up with something that just makes you scratch your head and go, huh, how would that work? I mean, you think it would be easy to be like, oh, I'm just going to come up with this crazy theory. But well, that's what Justin does all the time. No. Oh, yeah. I making it making easy. it viable is the hard part. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just going to say Libby made me pause today mid-work. Like, I was working on writing checks for people. And I saw Libby mention in mod chat earlier today oh, about Oh, gosh, Zer. yeah. And I went, huh? How? Like, how would you make that work? 
And what he ended up saying is like Zur is a futuristic version taken over by the nine version of Osiris. And I was like, what? What? No. No. How? Why? That's so like, no. What? Please no. Please no. Or what, just, what uh, wasn't the other say, wasn't the other option pancake? Yes. <laughs> and then, or, or how about Vance? He makes no sense. Yes. He makes he no sense. Kinda, <laughs> that would be he hilarious. Just, I like this line of thinking. Let's carry the nine. on. The nine are actually Osiris, and he's just projected himself nine times oh, because God. he didn't think anyone else was capable of holding an intelligent conversation with him. This is all working out. Can I just say that his reflections don't actually have necessarily they they have a directive. Uh, that's yeah. not true. That's not true. You need to play the strike. You need to play the strike. Uh, see, because uh, okay, that's a problem. As, that's a problem that happens as, in the strike. Actually, okay. that, like uh-huh. literally, that is literally the problem that you have to clean okay. up in the strike is the reflection. Basically, it's multiple multiple man theory. And oh, uh, yeah, okay. He's like, I don't want to go back. <laughs> and Osiris that's does not weird. does not take that. That's awkward. Yeah, but yes, most of most of the reflections that we see in like campaign and just in general seem they're, to they be to, they're we must they're, report back to Osiris. Right. They're it. binary. Like they're like, right. do this, go back. Do this, go back. Do this, go back. But yeah, in the strike on here, uh the the reflection disagrees. <laughs> I, I can't remember the exact detail, but like he basically is like, no, we're going to do this instead. And it, crea- it creates a lot of problems. My favorite model is the, the, the multiplicity model. Have you seen the Michael Keaton movie multiplicity? Oh God. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, that's very similar to multiple man from Marvel. Is it Marvel that has multiple man or DC? I can't ever remember on that one. Well, they both um, have a version. They both have versions of him. Yeah. There's, DC has Billy Numerous. Um, yeah. I like your I Both like are, your Osiris is the nine theory. Osiris he, is the nine. He's the he nine. Couldn't find and anyone. Zer is super jazzed about Osiris and just wants to talk to you about Osiris, even but though he has Osiris no idea and under, yeah. has no understanding. You need oh, Justin. Nine. You need, by the way, while we're while we're talking the tangent of Zer, you need to talk to Kashin about her theory of Zer. No. Oh, okay. No. And that's that's what Zer <laughs> Beer knows this one. <laughs> that's don't what don't ask her about the puddles either. Okay. <laughs> Oh god, the puddles. That one makes me laugh. I was I almost brought that up with Belle the other day. I was like, you need to have Anna on the show because Anna's theories are hilarious and it does make you think. Zer's face is literally it's literally groupy face. He's so jazzed about Osiris, his face is trying to like reach out and touch somebody. Touch like it, oh, yeah, it's god. like the Beatles are in town. Oh my! Oh yeah. my. What, wait, what about Kepri? Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, I went there. Oh man, I like it. As a as a side note, in case anybody cares, uh, Jamie Madrox is made by Marvel. That is multiple man. Okay, thank you. 
Yeah, multiple, mm-hmm. ma- but there is there is an entire crisis with multiple man where this like the thing that happened in the strike in Osiris actually happened to him on mm-hmm. multiple occasions. Actually, all ah. of the occasions. Oh, all right. Well, I think I, I I think did we touch? Oh, we didn't touch on the siblings. Do we want to touch on the siblings mm-hmm. before we sign Are off they- for the night? Should like Feora and or do we or do we want to put on the poll the lost prophecies? I think the lost prophecies that they should be their own thing. Okay, they really should. Because there's a lot to dig into them and there's a lot of speculation that we could have. We and okay, Bravo Bungie for making fun of the lore group so many different times in this mm-hmm. DLC because mm-hmm. this is another section where they kind of poke at us a little bit mm-hmm. i love it uh-huh i do too it's fun oh yes uh dancing thank you for that uh there is a card i believe it is the seventh card um where sagira goes and visits osiris and find we find him. out yeah we find out that the dark future still happens uh it's number nine number North nine calamity. Okay. 10 or nine so yeah. yes, there is there is a card inside the Lost Prophecies in which Sagira, and this takes place after the campaign, um, mm-hmm. where you see Osiris actually confirming that even though we quote stopped the Dark Future, it still happens. No, we stopped. What's his face? The doggies. Well, no, we- the doggies. The the. Wasn't the dog the Raidler? Panoptes? Argos. Who was, which one was Argos? Uh, Wasn't Argos Panoptes the one that was recently introduced? Well, I'm going to say Panoptes. Yeah, that's the... the, the Panoptes is the, the one from the mind. campaign. The campaign. Right. Yeah. What was the variant the form that was just later? It was Argos. Uh, it was Odysseus's dog. Don't remember. I'm okay. drawing a blank on that right now. I think I'm too tired. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember because I haven't. I haven't played it. So. Oh, Argos was the raid layer. That's raid layer. Okay, yeah. To me, that's yeah. right. Okay, yeah. thank that's you. That's a dog. We haven't done that yet. FYI, Argos is a dog. Broiler. No, it's a no, no, no. Like the the name Argos is Odysseus's dog from the Iliad. The raid layer is not about or a dog, the Odyssey. Though. Actually, technically, no, it's not about. No, if there's not, if there's not at least one dog, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> but not. watch, okay. If you want to watch yeah. a hilarious version of the raid layer playthrough, watch Mister Fruit go through it with mm. uh, Datto and Tefty. Tefty is so like done by the end of it. It's, like, it's quite amusing. He's just like. There's a jumping puzzle where you have to kind of follow the leader and jump synchronized. (laughs) And of course, fruit and his blue and oh God, they're just, they're just kind of screw off sometimes. And Tefty is just like, I I'm hating my life right now. Why did I let Dado talk me into this? (laughs) It was amazing. He should should really know better, but it It was good. Speaking of, uh, you say it's not about a dog. I would argue after that if you go ahead and read over some of the uh, some of the lore tabs, actually. 
Right, but I'm saying that a man you're not a dog. fighting a physical dog. <laughs> it's yes. like I don't care. There's not look, a canine in the mouth. You're not <laughs> fighting a physical dog. You're look, minds off of a vex mind core type thing. Look, look, Green. If I have to walk into that gosh darn plant ever again with the dang fortress and the things with the seeds. The and never. the things. Exactly. You see where I'm going with this. If I ever see another doggo in a callous raid again, it'd be too freaking soon. You don't have to see doggos in that one. Not that I remember. Well, all I meant by pointing that out more than anything, it's just very funny if you read over all the new lore tabs. Mm-hmm. Just with the way that it sounds like he kind of has Argos put together. Or the way that it seems like he's trying to pan things out. And it's just interesting how it does kind of intra, uh, kind of tie back into all of the uh, the original meanings of what we had with, like, Roman times and everything. It was just, mm-hmm. it's fun. It's a, it's a fun little con- connection, if nothing else. All right. Guys got shout outs for us this week we'll get that we'll get that put up on the poll I'll, I'll chat with some people about how if we need to divide them up or if we should put them all i will we'll chat about that offline but mm-hmm. shout outs for this week oh actually i we did have one dispatch real quick uh from let me make sure i get this guy's name right uh leal dv on twitter he has the most important question where did Osiris get his beard? Right. Um, so I will have to say I did not make that connection because beards are really not that important to me. Cause mm-hmm. if you oh. just, I girl, guys, I never deal with them. I, and I live in Colorado. They're constantly everywhere. I don't care. Um, I just love the gasp. <laughs> just like ah. like i'm i have three bearded co-hosts at this point i'm i've really it's fine it's it's fine there my grandpa had a beard it's fine but oh, oh i did not oh, make you're that making it better <laughs> it's just i didn't make that connection until i saw you blow up on that blue <laughs> it's I like really what <laughs> Because who wasn't it? Beard, didn't you send the picture with Saladin with the big uh-huh. beard? I was like, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> now, now Saladin has a beard. Yep. I was just like, oh, good. Oh, good. This is this is great. Maybe we will get beards. Never. If you guys get beards, I want to. I don't know, but I want something for the girls too. We're Why? not going to we're not continuing this line of conversation on podcast. Know, we're not continuing this line know. of conversation. Say facial hair. God. She's blue. If a girl wants facial hair, she should never mind. You know what? Anyway, shout outs. Green already did her a shout out. No, did I? Wait. No. 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 Uh, shout out to female facial hair. Yes. Shout out to Blue's female facial hair. Ah, uh, don't throw me oh. under the bus on this one. <laughs> the my, okay, my shout out actually goes to all of our Twitter accounts because mm. I don't think we've announced that we all have Twitter. 
in a long time. I think we just kind of assume that everybody knows we have Twitter. What's Twitter? But the thing that I'm constantly helping you with. Yes, I know. Um, It's the thing that the little bird lives on that tells us all these things. I posted a picture of a very tantalizing soda. Yes, I saw your pumpkin pie soda. That sounds awesome. I had a pumpkin pie beer earlier this evening. That's also this is also the best way to aggravate Justin is on Twitter. Hmm. Send him all the snack gifts. Hmm. I saw a snake that was using itself as a as a as a sleeping bag. I was slightly disturbed and halfway Wait, thought about what? sending it to him. Wait, back up. It's gross. It used That's its gross. Sleep. it just basically wrapped itself up and folded it on top of itself to oh, kind of okay. cut its own head. It did not mm. turn its body inside okay. out. <laughs> That's what I was like, did it did it eat itself? Because No. That would be awkward. It'd be also kind of cool too. Also, I wouldn't put it past the slimy little suckers. <laughs> you know <laughs> can't trust one. <laughs> uh. Never trust a snake. Is that the is that the adage? <laughs> Pretty much. Uh-huh. <laughs> what do you think, Justin? What's your shout out? Is it to the snakes in the world? Um, yeah. No. Um. No. No shout outs for snakes because I feel like their their vicious snake agenda is is pushed, you know, fairly often these days in the in the media. So um, I'm just gonna go ahead and say uh. Um, big shout out to um, uh, you guys for for listening to my nonsense, and also a big shout out to a physician's assistant named Robert, who pried a piece of metal from my iris yesterday as what? I was in the emergency room with a piece of metal in my eye. So, um, way to go, you! Good Way job. to go, you! Yeah, that that's that's we we appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. can you see? Because, um, yeah, no, you've been playing blind the whole time and doing. Yes, I can. He's, he's channeling. He's channeling Brother Vance. Oh God, <laughs> I can see. Good. Do you have to wear like a patch or anything? Because my my puppy. Got <gasps> no. Are you a, are you Thor? Are you the new no, Odinson? No, I'm not a. I'm not, Odin? Although, I have been told I have a very Hemsworth physique, but no, I'm not wearing it. Wait, 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 wait. I'm like I'm equal s- part. I'm like equal parts Chris Hemsworth and Kylo Ren. Like that's that's my physique. I've, wow. No, no. They they say they say we can see ourselves most clearly, right? That's the adage. I'm glad you have great self-esteem. I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? There's only one thing I'm yet, and it's being humble. Uh, <laughs> also, Blue, your gif in chat is evil. <laughs> no, but 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 seriously though, seriously though, I spent some very some very uncomfortable hours yesterday in the wee morning. In the emergency room, so yeah, <laughs> very, very much thanks okay. to the person who got in there with the Q-tip and got the piece of metal out of my eye. That's, that's my shout out. That's I think all I need. Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good one. Beard, what about you? Uh, just honestly, constant thanks to everybody who 
tries to make sure that I actually get some semblance of rest. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm really bad at that. And the holidays are really kind of starting to show that I'm really bad at that. Uh, so thanks. Big time. Because I wouldn't be sleeping without you constantly reminding me, hey, hey go to bed now and again. Even for like two hours. It's fine. Okay. Um, otherwise, uh, the... I just really do want to say to to everybody per this point, uh, just just be safe because I know we've got the holidays coming up uh, full force. Uh, drivers are getting crazier and crazier out on the road because mm-hmm. that's the nature of things. Uh, just be safe. Uh, do what you need to. Take time for yourself. Take time for you and the family. Uh, and quite frankly, just just enjoy life as much as you can because in this crazy world, especially after the last week. Everybody just uh just 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 grab a grab a cold one or grab an adult beverage as uh as as Justin said at the top of the show. Uh just enjoy yourselves uh and and definitely just you know, take it easy, especially with this season cuz oh my god. Holidays. <laughs> yeah. Oh, holidays I got one more shout out before you go. Okay, go. Oh no. And this is a shout out to somebody who's probably never going to listen to this. But my coworker, oh, my coworker really knows me really well. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I remember you saying this. They uh, for Secret Santa, which we don't know who our Secret Santa is because we do it through an online thing, which is kind of cool that sets it up. My Secret Santa got me a Destiny One cup set and one of those micro plushes, so now I have both Eris and Atheon hanging by my computer at work. It's like, yay! So shout that's out. like the best, no, wait, best secret Santa ever. I know! Like, they actually got me something that's amazing. Instead of, like, bath bombs or hot cocoa or things that I uh, generally My four-year-old is a very these. big fan of bath bombs, by the way. What's a bath bomb? Because for big, me, a bath a, bomb is like, something very specific, and you don't buy it. And you generally make it yourself, but, you know. Yeah, like a DIY type thing. Uh, right. I will tell you the bath bombs that I use, Justin, probably smell a lot better. <laughs> Mine smell like, like sandalwood. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um just uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat uh, Green's initial shout out there about the Twitter. Uh I really appreciate all you guys who do follow us over on Twitter, uh, you guys see probably more of the sense of humor that we have behind the scenes. If you follow us mm-hmm. on Twitter, especially our personal Twitters, uh, mostly it's us giving Justin a really hard time throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which, I mean, it's unreal because I came with that. You don't need to give that to me. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it's also, I mean, like that's that's where a lot of like our kind of inside jokes we kind of get them formed on Twitter actually more and more. Um, so yeah, for everyone who's on Twitter, if you don't if you don't have a Twitter or a Twitter account, that's I mean I'm not yeah that's don't not make anything. one on our account. yeah don't make one on our account. There's a lot worse people on Twitter than <laughs> than there yes. are good at times. Um, so it can be a pretty da- it's it's like Reddit. It can be a pretty dangerous place if you don't know. <laughs> how to work the the police Twitter though. Yeah. Just okay. Anyways. Um, but if you, if you are on Twitter, you know, definitely try to give us a follow and that's, we all pretty, pretty are pretty good at, uh, interacting with people. 
on mm-hmm. Twitter, just just the same as Discord. Um, it's like for me, it's it's pretty much the the second best place to get a hold of me, honestly. Message um, us, tweet at us. Tweeting us at us gifts. is a little yeah. Tweeting at us, I don't know. There's some that I've gotten lately where they'll tweet like the giant things, and I'm like, just just message me in Discord because then I can read it all in one go, and I don't have to go through a tweet thread. But you know. Yeah, you got, and like short messages or something. Right. Yeah. And the the new the new text limit in Twitter has definitely made explaining some things easier for us oh, or at least yeah. for me. But yeah, um <laughs> chat storm. Oh, you. <laughs> um, you so, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it Ooh. for me. A big big shout out for that and thank you. I think our our team Twitter is just at Focus Fire Chat, which you'll hear here in the post notes, and that is where a lot of our updates are. The other thing, um, you know, Green, you made a comment about it. we haven't said it in a while, but I, I just remembered we do have a Google Calendar um, that has mm-hmm. our entire schedule loaded up on it, and with the Google Calendar, if you sync it with your own personal calendar, it will just automatically update. And I yes. keep that thing pretty up to date. Uh, I mean, I, I pretty much I'm always looking at it, to be honest, since it's on my phone. But I also make sure to at least touch base with everyone on the podcast team and within the, the mod team at least once a month to just make sure that our monthly schedule is updated. So, you know, sans last minute emergency changes, that is going to be a very up to date uh, picture of yeah, picture of what to expect from us for that that next month. Um, so it yeah. may not have the topics in it because we do that week by week or month. Yeah, by month. no, I don't. We'll I don't the put date of the episodes <clears throat> right. I do not put topics simply because I just to be to be frank, I don't have time to update it to that granular of a level. Um, but we do have a directory of episodes that is linked yes. on our website. Um, that also I also all the mind maps. Mm-hmm. It has all the mind maps. It has all the guest information and all the episodes directly linked. Uh, and I do keep that up to date as much as I possibly can as well. But yep. Oh yes. Pins pins reminded me game nights. We will be getting those up to date on that map or uh, that calendar as well. Um, I'm working with our community managers, pins and demo to figure out that exact schedule. I believe right now, um, Thursday nights, I think pens is online most of the time. Yes. Um, but I need strikes to... and other things with people if they need it. Yes. And I will be getting that as soon as I get a chance, I'm going to solidify that and Thursday and Sunday nights, uh, pens is telling me. So I will be putting that up on the map, the, the map, the calendar as well. Uh, and then Storm also, Storm is requesting that I make a shout out to Argos the dog. I will also say that Pins and I are talking about um, an event that we might be doing within yes. the next couple of weeks that I mentioned in Discord chat that is kind of a community event for the whole FFC family. So if you are in our Discord, make sure that you are kind of keeping tune. If you are not in our Discord please hit me up on a message on Twitter and I can get you more information on that. I think we're going to be doing some racing in the couple, next couple of weeks and do a tournament or something like that for the community. So yeah. If you could just remind me to like at me all the time so I can keep up somehow. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
all the ats. All ad the ads. Ad, ad. It's the an ad at, right? Ad ads, yes. <laughs> all right, so let's run through an outro, and then, as usual, we'll stay for a little bit of an after show. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to all our other sites can also be found with our episode archives over on the new focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any questions or comments for our team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all of our amazing podcast partners within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.